Welcome to the New Yorker for January 6th, 2014. There are five articles this week. In the talk of the town, Rebecca Mead reports on how a chicken-raising club is causing a minor controversy at an international private school. Next, Mattathias Schwartz delves into why we are still fighting the drug war. Then, Jonah Weiner writes about the man who is reinventing street dance. And in the current cinema, David Denby reviews the dark comedy August, Osage County, starring Meryl Streep and Julia Roberts, The Invisible Woman, directed by Ralph Fiennes, and Lone Survivor, a war movie starring Mark Wahlberg. But first, it's this week's comment. In Two Ships, Adam Gopnik reflects back on 1914 and looks ahead to the new year. We make the turn toward the new year this January with trepidation. Well, we make the turn toward every new year with trepidation, but added to the anticipatory jumps this year are what might be called the retrospective willies. You don't have to have a very enlarged sense of history to remember what happened last time Western civilization sped around the corner from 13 to 14. Not so good. The year 1913 was full of rumbling energy and matchless artistic accomplishment. Proust kicking off, the Cubists kicking back, Stravinsky kicking out. And then, within a few months, the Archduke was assassinated in Sarajevo, and the troop trains were running, and pretty soon, the whole positive and optimistic and progressive culture was on its way to committing suicide. The Great War left more than 10 million Europeans dead and a civilization in ruins and presaged a still worse war to come. Naturally, a lot of people staring at this year's tea leaves, at rising new powers and frightened old ones, are searching for parallels between that 14 and this one and finding them. In the Times recently, the historian Margaret Macmillan pointed out a few, clustering around the folly of toxic nationalisms that draw big powers into smaller local disputes, with the Russians trying to play a better hand today in Syria than they played in Serbia a century ago. Lodged somewhere in our collective memory of that catastrophe is an image, a metaphor of hubris, from just a year or so before, a great four-funneled ocean liner, the biggest and most luxurious ever built, whose passengers, rich and poor, crowd on board, the whole watched over by a bearded man named Edward John Smith, with the chief designer, Thomas Andrews, along for the maiden voyage, too. Then the ship sets off from Southampton, sure of itself, unsinkable, until it comes to the ice fields of the North Atlantic, off the coast of Newfoundland.